Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wrapping up the day's sporting issues deep into the night. This is Extra Time on SENZ. I'm gonna Just gone 8 o'clock here on SENZ. This is Extra Time with Ricardo Ball, and uh, we are looking at the NRL. Round one is done and dusted, and each Monday we are going to uh, spend an hour looking at the NRL right here on Extra Time and wrapping that weekend's round. And uh, I know uh, the man through the glass who is, if, if you cut him, he bleeds blue and green. Um, uh, it is Big Ben Francis, uh, diehard Warriors fan. Mate, how happy were you with the performance, I mean, obviously the result, but how happy were you with the performance from Friday night? I just want to quickly say I do bleed red as well. I learned that on Saturday. Yeah, actually, your thumb's all bandaged up. You look like an emoji at the moment. <laughs> yeah, look, overall, for the uh, for the first game of the season that had a heap of new players in there, six or seven, you have to be happy. Of course, improvements, of course. Every team's got work-ons after just one game, but... Considering it looked like that they were going to be struggling at first, I know Charles Nicol Klugstad made that mistake right off the kickoff and the Knights were applying pressure early on and I think they scored fairly early. You were kind of thinking, oh, no, but look, the Warriors are really well in the grind. They looked really good as well. The new signings made a big impact. So, look, overall, I, I walk away from that happy. I, if I look at that performance, I'm happy. I saw effort. I mean, it's something we've spoken about before, effort with the Warriors. I haven't really seen too much of it since the Todd Payton era, so if they can just keep that effort up, I think Warriors fans are going to be very happy. Yeah, effort is what you want to see from your team, um, as opposed to effort, which we've seen before (laughs) uh, from from that team. Uh, In terms of players uh, that impressed, I've got to say uh, there were a couple, and I mean, I know that there were were a lot of guys that really played well and, and worked hard, but... Uh, I thought Wade Egan had one of his better games in a Warriors jersey. Um, I think we saw there what maybe the club saw when they recruited him and when, I can't remember who it was from the Panthers, set up, said, you know, he's he could be another Cameron Smith. He's got that about him. It's his style of play. Uh, yeah, so I thought we saw the best of uh, Wade Egan. And another guy who's copped lots of criticism, criticism over the last couple of years is Ed Cossey. But I thought Ed Cossey was superb as well. Didn't do it, didn't put a foot wrong. Uh, how many times he plucked the ball out of the air? Probably three on his own try line. Scored a try as well. Looked pretty good. Made some busts. Well, considering he was a late call-up as well. And yeah. 
who knows? I, we, Dallin, what is he? Dallin, we don't know how long he's out for. Yep. So I get my words muddled up there. So look, if a guy like Ed Cossey, we've got him that can fill in. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, how about for you? Who stood out for you? Well, I've actually, I've actually compiled. I've got my piece of paper. I've got player ratings. Ooh. I've done my own player ratings for all seventeen players. I haven't got that piece of paper, so you're gonna have to read it to me. All well, right. That's all right. Uh, this is this is a surprise you. Okay. This is a this is a surprise. All right. Let, give it to me. Uh, how are we going? Going starting from fullback. Yep, yep, we're going to work our way down. Okay, Charles Nickel clocks there. What have you given him? Uh, so I'm doing these out of 10, and just for clarification, I don't like point fives as well. Okay. So I've just gone for the solid rating. Mm. Uh, so Charles Nickel Klugstad, I've given him a 9. He was one of the better players on the field. He showed a lot of heart on defense, and he recovered from that early mistake. The one play which really impressed me, I think it was Caelan Ponga, was over the try line, and he held him up. And I think mm. I just straight away thought back, man, if that was Reese Walsh, Ponga scores. Yeah. As simple as that. So he showed why the Warriors wanted him back to play fullback. Yep, he did well. All right, that's that's solid. Uh, what about Marcelo Montoya? Yeah, look, he led the way in run meters, a very steady performance, and I think he's a very handy player to have in the squad. So, yeah, I think another good performance. I gave him a seven. Seven, all right. Uh, the other wing, Ed Cossey, who we just talked about. Yeah, I gave him another. I gave him a seven as well, just a young guy that made the most of his opportunity, and I was very impressed with him, as we just touched on. Yeah, uh, Braden Villiami in the centres. Another seven there, very impressive on his debut, and I think he's done enough to kind of keep his spot on the team. That was one of the areas I was quite surprised about when he was named. But, look, guy that was playing rugby union only a matter of months ago, and he's now playing league. I thought he did well. Yeah, uh, Adam Pompey, uh, much like Ed Cossey's copped a bit of stick. Yeah. Um, and a few people questioned him getting a starting spot in the centres. Yeah, look, I, to me, it was real. I was surprised he got the start. I would describe it as a very Pompey performance. <laughs> uh, look, he didn't do anything spectacular, but he, he did what he needed to. He came, he made a couple of great tackles as well, which was great. I gave him a six, which does seem, I do feel a bit harsh, but look, it's very hard when you when you got so many guys that actually played well. Yeah, it's, it's very hard, and so I had to give him a six. A six. What about Tamaiti Martin? Probably uh, he was he was quite busy defensively, I thought, but probably a bit more quiet on attack. Yeah, look, he did come up with some runs as well. Uh, he made, made some big tackles. I gave him a seven. Uh, I just really hope that he can really build on this combination with Sean. I hope both can stay fit. Uh, but I, he did had some good runs, but his defense was very impressive. Uh, what about Sean Johnson? Um Kicking game wasn't maybe as good as it could have been. Yeah, look, because of his kicking game, I did have to give him a six, but I did like his willingness to attack the line more. He seemed to kind of run, we saw him run the ball a bit more, and just before with Tamari Martin, just hope he can kind of build that combination there and they can just grow. Okay, all right, let's go to the Ford pack. Adam Fanua Blake. Look, he gets a six as well. He was pretty steady. I kind of expected maybe a bit more involvement. Uh, for me personally, he was a little bit quiet, but look, first game of the season, he's probably just into the new system, and look, lots of the other forwards stood up. So, yep. So you're happy with that, Wade Egan? We've talked about. Yeah, Wade Egan gets a nine, outstanding. Is say probably his best performance in a Warriors jersey, and boy, when he threw that dummy man, it was like slow motion when I saw it. It was you, you could see it coming. I was surprised the Knights fell for it. You could just see him. You could you could see his eyes. You could see him just, he was waiting for that moment and he sold it beautifully and when he threw it, like I said, slow motion, I could, it was just literally like the Knights players all went for it 
and then his slow motion just went over. It was beautiful stuff. Yeah, all right. Wade Egan gets a nine. What about Mitch Barnett? Probably uh, one of the one of the standout forwards, I thought. Yeah, look, he gets a seven. He's a true workhorse, and I think he's going to be a great asset to the team, uh, probably learning the new system as well. But, boy, a guy that has his heart on his sleeve, and I'm glad he's with the Warriors. Yeah, all right. Then uh, Jackson Ford, a guy that... When he was recruited, I thought I think most thought he might have been lucky to be in the seventeen week in week out. Oh, totally, and I was the same. But and he another player with a very solid debut. I mean, I'm very curious to see what his role in the team is going forward because I very am I very I still am very surprised. And you think of a guy like Jess, if I'm going to come back, you're very curious to know how that that forward pack is going to look. But look, I gave him a seven. I thought he was pretty impressive. Yeah, he was. Uh, what about Marata Niakore? Yeah, look, out of all the new recruits, I probably felt that he was probably the quietest, but and he, he did his job. So, look, I gave him a six. And Tohu Harris? Yeah, Tohu Harris, true captain's knock there. Absolutely outstanding, tackling, running, did what your leader needed to do. He gets a nine. A nine, okay, all right. Uh, and then, uh, do you want to? Uh, have you done the interchange? Yeah, I've done the interchange as well. All right, what about Dylan Walker? Yeah, look, I gave Dylan Walker an eight. I loved his energy off the bench. I liked the moment where there was that bit of scuffle and he was right in the middle of it. That 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 just made me smile so much. He he kind of had that one thing. If you guys remember last year, one thing I was talking about with Chanel Harris Tavita was it was a guy that had his heart on his sleeve. And when I kind of saw Dylan Walker, I got that same feeling. And he was big. He he looked. He, he was doing a few different things. He was playing that middle forward. He was playing at hooker. So I th- I gave him an eight. I thought he was very good in his debut, and I'm glad, like I said with Barney, I'm glad he's on our team. All right. Uh, Josh Curran. Yeah, look, Josh Curran, he was denied that try. Overall, he was a bit quiet. I gave him a five, but I'd like to see him kind of get a few more minutes. I know he's had a few off-the-field issues, so I don't know whether that's kind of impacted his role or not, but, look, I think he's a – Another good player to have, and yeah, hopefully he gets more minutes down the line. And uh, finally, Tom Arley, the number seventeen. Yeah, he came on late at the end. Not too much impact. He gets a five. We also forgot Bunty Arfoa. Oh, did we? Did I not do Bunty no, Arfoa? No, we, we skipped. We skipped. Oh, our good sorry. old Bunty scoring a great try there. Great off the bench. I gave him a six. Okay, good. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, so, who, who's your warrior of the round then? Have you got one of those? Oh, good question. Look. <laughs> this, this sounds bad because I, I, when I look at the, the guys on the field, I look at the forwards and I think though they they were truly remarkable. But look, for that try-saving tackle, I have to give it to Chance Eagle-Klogstad because to me, if the Knights score, it's a completely different game there. And he had lots of those plays and the way he bounced back. I was a big fan of Nickel Klogstad when he was first at the Warriors and I was so upset he left. I'm glad he's back. So look, if I had to pick one... It would be him. Okay, there you go. That is our Warrior Watch uh, for the round one of the NRL for 2023. It is 10 past eight when we come back. Stephen Gallagher from Sports Freaks is going to join us. It's 14 past eight here on SENZ Extra Time, taking a look at the NRL first round. And Stephen Gallagher from Sports Freak joins us. Uh, mate, how did it feel starting the NRL season without your mighty Dragons playing? Uh, to be honest, Ricardo, it was fantastic. We're ninth on the table. It might be the highest we get all year. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that it might be the, uh, the the last two two points you get for a while. Oh uh, well, yeah. I think the hardest part is, mate, is that I have to wait till the very last game of round two to watch them play. It's 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 crazy that they've um, 
been scheduled to miss round one and play the very last game of round two, but um, we probably need all that time we can get to um, get all our players fit and ready on the field and hopefully um, beat the Gold Coast Titans next week. But um, round one, wasn't it brilliant? It was, mate. It was fantastic. Uh, it was a, a great round of footy and a lot of close games, a lot of upsets, uh, and that's what you want to see, right? You, you don't want it to be predictable from, from day one. What was your, What was your favourite game of round one? I actually thought um, that despite of, you know, the fact that it was, you know, a little bit rough and tumble and a bit um, unorthodox, I thought the Titans-Tigers game was actually a pretty good game to round out the the first week of the NRL. You know, it's two teams that aren't exactly good at defence, but um, they both sort of worked a little bit harder in the off-season. They played some really good footy, and it's just, you know, had that... Both sides had that typical round one rust, but I thought it was a really good game and uh, played really well. Both sides played, um, you know, some pretty exciting, pretty expansive footy, but it wasn't end-to-end like I kind of explored. You know, when I, when you see Titans-Tigers, you think, oh, the game's going to end 40 to 30 or something like that. But it was, it was actually a really entertaining game. And um, other than that, it was, it was very good to be at the uh, Sky Stadium on Friday night watching the, the Warriors take on the Newcastle Knights. It was good to be one of the 17,000 people there in attendance. Yeah, it was a, it was a good crowd because I'd heard from a couple of people in and around Wellington who they said that they were going to be disappointed um, because they didn't think they were going to get more than 10 at Wellington, So, which had surprised me when they'd said it. So to, to see nearly 17 was great. Yeah, I was. I, I mean, I was gunning for 20, it was, but um, I think... By the time all the the spectators ran onto the field, um, mm. by the time they sort of displaced all them, they're probably about down to about seventeen thousand. So um, no, it was it was a very good crowd though, and um, it was great to see uh, uh, rugby league back in the capital. Fantastic indeed. Now you mentioned the Tigers Titans. I tell you what, if there was a team that did play this weekend like it was round one, that first five minutes from the Titans was it, right? Because uh, yeah, they they missed the dropout. They, well, they put a dropout out on the full and then they conceded the penalty and they had to kick off and then they put the kick off out on the full and they were under the pump. I mean, they did well not to concede more than two points in that opening sort of 10, 12 minutes. Yeah, look, they, uh, it was definitely a comedy of errors for them to start off uh, the season, but I think testament to them is that, you know, years gone by, they would have just gone off the boil and lost the plot, but um, perhaps it's uh, the Kieran Foran factor, adding a little bit more experience in the halves and guiding uh, Tana Boy next to him just to, you know, get a little bit of uh, solidarity there. And, um, yeah, it was... I actually couldn't believe that they'd done that, you know, with the the dropout and then the kicking out on the phone. And I was just like, like, what are you doing? But, you know, props to them for, for hanging on, starting, you know, and then slowly fighting their way back. And before they out, they were bloody carving them up through the middle. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was uh, It was a bit of a surprise, um, to be honest. Uh, there's it it a few being tipping the Tigers has been a bit of a smoky this year after the, the way they recruited. Did you see anything to suggest that they might be better than last year, the Tigers? Yeah, look, I, I, you know, I, yes. I mean, I don't think, and I'm, and this is, it probably isn't fair to say, but I'm not the biggest fan of Luke Brooks. And I think he, it will be mutually uh, good for both parties to sort of part ways, I think. But I think the future there lies in uh, Adam Dwayne and uh, Dane, Law, uh, Dane Laurie at the back. But also just, they looked a little bit more fitter than years gone by. They looked a little bit more stronger on defence. Yep, they had a couple of lapses that led to a few tries. But other than that, I thought they kind of 
gelled a little bit better than what, what they have done in years gone by. And they're only going to get better too once John Bateman um, joins the squad as well. And um, look, Tigers fans, you're, you're gunning for ninth this year, which is better than last from 2022, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that is true, mate. That is true. Uh, what about the reigning premiers, the Panthers? They've now lost... The club uh, World Club Challenge to uh, St Helens, the first time an English club has won in Australia uh, in that competition in 25 years. And then they've lost to the Broncos, were an absolute train wreck at the end of last season. Um, how much are they missing um, Kaufusi, uh sorry, Upi Karasau and, um, and Kikau? Yeah, look, and that's that's the price you pay for success, right? And they they still have a very good... Spine and uh, Edwards, Luai, Cleary, um, Kenny slash Luke, and um, they've also got um, Isaiah Yao at 13. But yeah, you know, they they looked a little bit all sorts, really. Um, definitely not the same Penrith side that's come out. I and mean, then obviously they started the game on fire. They looked like liquid, you know. They were just flowing all over the field and everything like that. They looked fantastic. And then a little bit of um, resilience from the Broncos and they kind of, you know, they struggled a little bit and we saw glimpses of them not having the same success on that left edge as they had, you know, years gone by with the, the same edge of kick out on the side and obviously May missing for the season two with an ACL injury is not going to help but um, there's definitely a target on the back of the Panthers and um, I just don't think they'll be the same side they have been the last two years but they will still be a very good side this year. Mm. Well, we should uh, uh, we should also uh, talk about the Bulldogs because you know Cameron Seraldo came in there. Phil Gould has been flashing the checkbook around, uh, and and you know if you look at that team uh, that the Bulldogs managed to put out, you expect more than losing thirty-one to six to Manly, don't you? Because I mean, you know, I mean Hayes Perham. Uh, solid at fullback. Um, you got Jake Avarillo, who we know around. Maybe the centres uh, look a bit light, but you got Josh Adokar on one wing. Uh, Matt Burton and Kyle Flanagan in the halves. Max King, Reed Marnie, Ryan Sutton, Kikau, Fautalamarana, uh, and Farmu Brown. Um, it's not the it's not the worst side. I mean, I think Phil Gould probably was expecting more than thirty one six loss to the Sea Eagles game one, wasn't he? Yeah, I think um, in any side where you, you play and, and Daily Cherry even somehow gets a hat-trick, you know it's not your day. Um, but I think the Bulldogs just lacked a little bit of cohesion. Um, they, You know, Reed Money played really well in the nine, but, I, you know, they just seemed to be a little bit missing between um, the nine, you know, getting the ball from Money and getting it in the hands of Burton and, and Flanagan. It just seemed a little bit, timing was just a little bit off. There's a couple of silly errors there. Obviously, uh, Viliami Kikau's, uh his kicking license will be um, absolutely torn to shreds after booting it out on the full, um, somehow ending up with it on fifth tackle. But um, I just, I just, you know, like the Tigers, they'll take time to, to get where they need to be. But I just, you know, I did expect more from them, and I didn't expect Manly to play as well as they did. Yeah, well, well let's pick up on that then, because uh, Manly did play well, and we saw Tom Trebojevic back. Uh, now, there has been a bit of a war of words um, between Anthony Seabold and a couple of former Manly legends as well, uh, one of whom came out and said a couple of weeks before the season, if Tom Trebojevic injures his hamstring again, the club should just cut him. Um, 
Yeah, he's uh, be he'll be nursing that right throughout the season. Um, what did you make of Trebojevic's return uh, to the team? He, he did look probably a little short of a gallop, or is that just him maybe a little bit scared to really stretch? Yeah, that's quite interesting, Ricardo, because he did actually have to learn to run again. His, his running mechanic is now completely different to what it was um, over the you know the span of his life, I suppose, because he's his the way he was um, turning in on his foot or when he was running was the reason he was getting all these chronic hamstring injuries. So for him, it's all about just awareness, right? It's like having you know, can you imagine trying to learn to run again? Um, must be a very weird feeling and. For him to sort of come out, get 80 minutes under his belt, that's just the confidence that he'll build up now. They've got the bye this week, Manly, so he gets another week to work on that and build on that. And I think, you know, we're in for another good year of Tom Travojevic, and, and hopefully he stays injury-free because when you see him play, you really get that genuine superstar vibe around him, and he's just such a thrill to watch. Even if you're a neutral fan, you just really want to see him get through the year unscathed and play some really solid, fantastic football for Manly. Now, you did mention uh, Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, he obviously has a different halves partner this season because Kieran Foran has moved on to the Titans and Schuster was going to be that man in the six, but he got injured pre-season. So uh, he's got uh, a bloke with a surname of John's. So they tend to go all right, don't they? Yeah, look, if you've got um, if you've got the, the John's name on the back of your jersey, um, it comes with a lot of pressure. But I thought the way that Cooper handled himself uh, in the pre-season cup and uh, again on, on the weekend for his club debut for Manly in the NRL, I thought he played really composed. Um, we've seen him obviously come through the, the Melbourne structure and he's been able to fill in when the likes of uh, Hughes or Munster have gone down and you think he's played about a handful of games for, for Melbourne over the last two years but I I think he might end up, he could be the long term answer for six, I know that they've sort of gone all in on Schuster and he's shed 12 kilos and, and he's, you know, you'd think someone who's lost all that weight wouldn't, wouldn't be getting soft uh, tissue injuries like calf muscles and, and everything like that leading into the season but um, it could be a, a bad way for Schuster to lose his jersey by being injured and missing it and if if you know Manly keep winning the next two or three games and, and Cooper and uh, Cooper Johns and Bailey Cherry Evans are playing well together then it's you know I think we might have to look at having Schuster in the 13 or Schuster coming off the bench yeah, it's going to be interesting, and and maybe uh, Manly. Do they become that smoky? That I, I mean, I don't think too many people were seriously talking about them as a top four option this season, were they? No, and I think like everything just comes down to Tom Travoyevich, doesn't it? Then and that's people go, well, if Tom's fit, Manly are a top four chance. But even last year, when they sort of fell off the boil at the end of the season, they weren't that far off the top six at that stage, and. Tom Travoyevich already been missing half the season, but I don't think people realise that Manly would sort of come out and blitz uh, the Bulldogs the way that they did, and a 31 to six win at home to start the season, then you get roll into a bye. It's not bad on the on the Northern Beaches, that's for sure. No, it's all right, mate. Uh, and the Cowboys Saturday night, they got up to 18 uh, nil ahead of the Raiders before the Raiders pulled it back to 18. Or what did you make of the Cowboys? They got the win by a point in the end. Uh, what have you made of the Cowboys start to the season? Yeah, I have. Um, I, I one player I've got a lot of high hopes on, and I'm going to go out and call it now that he's going to win the Dally Medal is uh, uh, Scott Drinkwater. Um, I think he's a fantastic player. 
Uh, he finished fourth or fifth in the Dallium last year, and he missed about the first six or seven games of the season. So the way he adds um, a lot of flair and ball playing out the back is fantastic for them. Um, you saw that on the weekend when he, when he got a couple of tries as well. Look, they, they started off really well, and then it, the typical Raiders, they sort of just made their way back into it, and before you know it, it was 18 all, and then, of course, Shed uh, Townsend has to step up and kick the field goal to win the game. But I thought um, the Cowboys, you know, they look, last year everything went their way, everything, you know, from turning up and, and getting wins to that, you know, that infamous Tigers win where they stole it on the on the buzzer. But I just I'd like to see them compete in those really, you know, beat those teams that they should beat by plenty of points and and stick in with those those big teams like the Panthers and stuff this year. Obviously not an ideal start, but they got the win. That's all that matters, and they'll roll into next week with a little bit more confidence. Yeah, they will. Uh, let's, uh, before we let you go, talk a bit more about your Dragons, because we haven't really looked at the Dragons in this preseason. I see Jack DeBellin's been ruled out for match one. Um, so there's a bloke coming in to make his debut who, honestly, his name describes my sporting career, uh, Toby Couchman, because um, I'm a great Couchman, <laughs> it's got to be said, Stephen. Um, what do you know about this kid, and, and what is wrong with the Dragons? Look, um, Toby Couchman is a really uh, interesting young fella. Um, he's, From what I understand, he's, he's played a, a little bit of New South Wales Cup. Um, he's coming through the ranks. He's, a, he's only a young fella. Um, other than the fact that he'll probably just come on the bench, he might play about 20 minutes in that sort of loose forward or uh, edge or middle role. He does have high high wraps on him though, but when you're 19 and you have to come in and you know try to turn the fortunes of um, of the club around who are, aren't looking that great and everyone's tipping them for the wooden spoon uh, can uh, provide a lot of pressure, but. Um, <sighs> The Dragons obviously didn't do themselves any favours when they were um, taking on the Rabbitohs and the Charity Shield and um, Zane Musgrove and uh, Michaeli Ravalawa were having a heated uh, disagreement at 6 in the morning after getting thumped by 20 points. Uh, that doesn't uh, bode well either for fans. Um, look, if you've got Ben Hunt on your side, you're probably going to be competitive. And considering, well, the way I looked at last season is that Ben Hunt was probably the only player that played up to 80% of his potential, and they still finished 10th. So if they get Tyrell Sloan to have a bit of confidence, which he's got none of at the moment, um, you know, if Jack Bird plays half-decent this year, if they get um, Jacob Little firing an injury-free out of the, out of the hooker role, if they get um, Zach Lomax kicking goals and having a bit more fun and, and picking the moments of when to flick pass and when to not, I think they might go all right, but... I just, they look like a club that is just waiting for the coach to be sacked. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next question, is how long has Griffin got, do you think? How many games? And this is, like, who would be a coach, right? So I would I would give him 10. I'd give him 10 games, right? That get, many? That gets you through to week, week 11 of the season. They've got a pretty soft draw to start the season. They've got uh, the Titans this week. I think they play... The Tigers in a couple of weeks. We've got the Warriors in a couple of weeks as well. So all going well, they could start the season as they like to with a few wins under their belt and all of the the, the fellow Dragons fans are booking uh, tickets to the grand final. But I just 
10, 10's enough, and if they don't, if they don't go five and five, I might say that Hook's probably going to be looking for a job elsewhere. Yeah, all right. Well, it'll be interesting. Uh, Stephen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. I, I hope uh, uh, you keep up the good work at Sports Freak, mate, and uh, we can talk to you each week uh, here on SCNZ as we review every round of the NRL. Look, any chance to chat footy? I'm there. Love it, Ricardo. Thank you very much, mate. No worries, mate. Go well. Uh, Stephen Gallagher there from sportsfreak.co.nz with us. It is 29 away from 9. When we come back, we head to Sydney and the Rugby League Mall. You're on SENZ. This is Extra Time. My pleasure to welcome into the show the only man that has been going round in the NRL for longer than Wayne Bennett. He is the mole, Tony Adams out of Aussie. G'day, mate. How are you? A little bit uh, melancholy, uh, Ricardo. I just uh, was uh, talking you off here and realised this is the start of my 42nd season consecutive. I mean, what have I done with my life? <laughs> you've, you've watched a lot of footy. <laughs> yes, I have. I, I think I might get David Middleton to count out how many games I've done. I reckon it'll be over 10,000. <laughs> Mate, you wouldn't get that long for murder. <laughs> exactly. But I'll tell you what, in all seriousness, and I, I tweeted this last night, I can't remember in the last 20 or so years, and my memory doesn't go back much further than that, a more exciting first round. The first round tends to be scrappy, tends to be a lot of blowouts, but gee, didn't we see some good footy, some golden point games, and, and to crown it all, the, the Dolphins were that, and, and I can only say miraculous win over the Roosters, I gave them absolutely no chance to Dolphins, and uh, really once they took the field, they never quite losing. No, they didn't, mate. They, you know, and their, their forwards really stood up. And I mean, I think I was I was guilty of this as well, basically writing them off, thinking they've got an old Ford pack that's up there for the pay packet, and that's about it. But man, the Fords, especially uh, Felice Kalfusi, uh, he was just absolutely destroying people. Yeah, I mean, the, the Roosters are one of the NRL's better packs and, you know, everyone's typically going to be in the top four. Well, they, they were a couple of players short, but the Dolphins just bashed them and uh, I really don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah, Kafusi, the Bromwich brothers, uh, they were great. And then our back, he had the hammer, uh, scoring tries, saving tries. He, he was just sensational. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really good start. I, I could not imagine... Uh, a more positive start. I bet the NRL is just delighted because uh, there were plenty of people, and I, I must admit, I was one who tipped the, the Dolphins and certainly to the wooden spoon, and I was saying they wouldn't win a game. Well, they, they put that to bed pretty quickly. They did put that to bed pretty quickly, and I, I tell you, a guy that I really like the look of, and you know, maybe all the talk of Wayne Bennett and all the talk of the signings, the person that maybe has been forgotten a little bit is Christian Wolf and, um, you know, what he did with Tonga, what he did with St. Helens. And Isaiah Katoa, um, that's a masterstroke getting him and he looks uh, like he was born to play six in the NRL. Yeah, that's right. And it was a brave decision to uh, not play Anthony Milford, probably their, their most experienced Mac, uh, well, one of their highest-paid signings in the, this unknown kid in. But, uh, yeah, he, he looked the first player to Katoa and, and repaid the coach and stuff. And I think uh, Chris Wolf is basically the, the Jason Demetrio of the uh, Dolphins, uh, where Wayne uh, did the man management at South and Demetrio did the hands-on coaching. And I, I think you'll find that's what's happening at the Dolphins. Uh, that, that's what he's great at now, Wayne. Uh, 
that just, uh, you know, they didn't play as confident doing that man-manager role. And uh, the nuts and bolts coaching, I, I think, is down to Christian Wolf. So, uh, yeah, you're dead right. He, he, he deserves a rap for sure. Yeah, I think so, mate. And I'll tell you what, the Warriors might be uh, might be lucky because it uh, looks like they're going to be playing a Roosters team next week without Jared Warrior Hargreaves. Matt Lodge and Cheese are both in, the, uh, are both in doubt as well. I mean, uh, it could be a good time to play the Roosters if you're the Warriors. Yeah, that's right. I'm not not sure about the fitness of Joey Mario either, who had that facial fracture. So uh, if uh, if he's out as well, uh, it's it's a great time to play him. And uh, let's talk about the Warriors. Uh, weren't they good? Uh, I thought they played outstanding football uh, first up, and uh, not often we say that turning into a new season. They tend to be notoriously slow starters, but uh, they look very slick. Yeah, I think the last time the Warriors opened the season with a win was against the Bulldogs back in 2019, and that was a terrible Bulldogs team. Uh, and the Warriors didn't go much, do much after that. So uh, it, it's good signs uh, for the Warriors and and for Andrew Webster. I think uh, first up win, and um, you know now the Roosters this coming weekend. So uh, things are looking good. Yeah, that's right. And uh, look, uh, I, I think they were favourites to beat the uh, Knights, but. It wouldn't have surprised me. Uh, the Knights have got uh, Caelan Ponger, who uh, people have varying opinions about, but there's no doubt he, he, he's a class act uh, on his day. Uh, Bradman, best out wide. Uh, he eager scored three or four tries, but desperation defence from the uh, Warriors uh, kept him relatively quiet. And uh, they've got some big boys in the forward. So I, I, I thought it would be a real struggle for the Warriors, but... Uh, they played some good footy, and uh, yeah, it, it's great signs. And uh, you know, to win first up is quite an achievement for Andrew Webster, and will give him confidence and give the team confidence for the, the long road ahead. Now, there's a, a couple of uh, teams we should talk about, mate, and one of those is the Broncos, who absolutely shat the bed at the end of last season, didn't they? They were, they, they just uh, completely imploded, as did the Manly Seagulls, but both of them impressive starts to this season. Yeah, that's right. I think they both lost something like their last seven games after looking not just top eight, but top four contenders. So but they both had a lot to prove. Uh, Manly looked good in the trials, so it, it didn't surprise me. I, I think this is really what they needed, Manly, a, a bit of a makeover, a, a new rear, a new coach in Anthony Seabold. And, uh, uh, you know, everyone thought the, the Bulldogs would give a good account for them, of themselves, but uh, Manly just blew them off the park, and uh, the Broncos were it, a bit like the Dolphins. I don't think anyone expected them to beat uh, Penrith at Penrith, but uh, now the, the East suddenly on the Panthers, who play South this weekend, uh, they've lost two consecutive games at home when you're trying the World Club Challenge against you know, St. Helens, who had to travel from the cold of England uh, to the heat of uh, Western Sydney. So uh, there's a few question marks about the Panthers, particularly having lost uh, those two key forwards in uh, Coruscant and Kickout. So, uh, yeah, there's a bit of pressure on the Panthers very early in the year. Yeah, that was noticeable with the Panthers. Eh? They they did look like they they lacked someone who could break the line uh, on the, on that left edge where, where Coruscant would normally play. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it, it, it was interesting that uh, young uh, hooker, Tony Luke, uh, was, was kept out of the early exchanges. Mitch Kenny, who's a, a solid performer, but but nothing like Appy Coruscant as far as speed out of dummy half. Uh, he started the game, 
And the soon as Sonny Luke, who's more of a Coruscant-type player, with a, a bit of zip to him came on, uh, they, they suddenly looked like they could uh, snatch it. And uh, Luke scored a try. He, he was very lively. And uh, I think he only got 25 minutes. So it would be interesting to see what Ivan Cleary does this week. But I bet he gets more than 25 minutes uh, against the Bunnies this weekend, particularly when you consider South have got Damien Cook, who's probably the... Uh, the fastest hooker out of dummy half in the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. He's, he showed plenty of zip. And I mean, in fact, as a Parramatta fan, that's the, what was really noticeable on the, on Thursday night was the difference between Josh Hodgson, who is a good player, uh, but is coming up 34 and is off the back of a knee reconstruction, and Harry Grant. is you know, How much um, ga- gas and how much uh, yardage that Harry Grant makes straight out of dummy half? And we didn't have that option as an, at, at the Eels. It was everything was passed off. It's almost like Hodgson might be better off as a as a six rather than as a nine? Yeah, look, I've, I've got to be honest. When when they signed him, I, I questioned it. It uh, sound, sounds like you did as well. Uh, I, I just think that with this uh, era of, uh, what do we call it, uh, rugby league under uh, Peter Volandis, it, it's all about the speed of the play of the ball, the speed out of dummy half, catching teams offside and getting six again. And so it's it, it really comes down to the hookers, and, and the hooker is, is the super position in the game. And I think a big reason Penrith won the comp for the last couple of seasons uh, was because of Coruscant, and you can see the difference now he's gone. And uh, look, Harry Grant, uh, I thought it was interesting. He, he, he sort of timed himself, didn't he? He, he, he was relatively quiet uh, for large periods of the game. And I looked at his stats, he only made seven or eight runs. But then uh, come Golden Point, boom, away he goes and uh, scores the tie that won the game when everyone was thinking field goal. So uh, you, you, you've got to take your hat off to Harry. He, he uh, you know, timed it uh, perfectly and uh, got that uh, win up that keeps Craig Bellamy's remarkable record. I think that's 20 straight seasons where he's won the first game, which is just mind-boggling. Yeah, they call him Ballyache, but boy, he's a genius when it comes to rugby league, mate. Uh, and uh, speaking of other coaches, uh, your old mate Sticky uh, doesn't didn't take long to get stuck into the officials, did he? Yeah, that's right. And it, he has opened a can of worms as, as far as uh, rugby league uh, and, and the doctor's concerned. And, and the thing about the independent doctor, which I didn't realise, I, I, I thought he was on the sideline, but he's in fact in the bunker in Sydney. So uh, the massive call of the Warriors game to uh, take Caelan Ponger off was made uh, on the other side of the Tasman. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just bizarre that, uh, you know, we, we, we'd be doing this. So I would have thought surely a, a doctor could examine a player on the sideline, you know, look into his eyes, talk to him. But, uh, you know, it, it's made off a television set in, in a... Uh, in a bunker, and uh, you know that that really uh, hurts the um, the poor old knights because you know Fong is their, their main man, and uh, he, he basically went off for the last fifteen minutes when there was some chance of us snatching it out of the fire. So. I, I don't think Ricky's going to be the last coach to complain about this. No, I don't think I don't think so either, mate. I see the NRL have come out and defended it and to say it's all about player safety, which I get, but I think it's uh, far from the last we've heard of it, Molly. Um, uh, lastly, mate, before we let you go, have you, have you got a player of the round for us who really stood up for you that you made that made you sit up and go, man, that bloke is, uh, has had a great opening round. Uh, well, I'm on a team of the round uh, today, which is going to be a, a regular feature on our wide world sports website. 
I think the, the, the guy who uh, I, I thought really stood out was young uh, Lachlan Elias for South Sydney. Um, what he did, I don't know if you saw the South Canal game, but uh, Ronaldo Mulatalo was set to score a, a, a vital try for Canal. He was diving, and as he dived, Elias knocked the ball out of his hand. Uh, two minutes later, he went down the other end of the field and scored a solo try. And then he laid on about three tries. And this, this is the, the kid who, uh, remember, was uh, thrown into the, the hot seat at South last year, replacing uh, Adam Reynolds. He struggled a bit. He got hooked a couple of times. But, uh, you know, he's obviously had a good off-season. He, he looks like he's kind of aged and looks set for a great season. Yeah, 100%. 100%, Molly. All right, good stuff, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. And uh, we'll catch up with you again soon, eh? My pleasure, Ricardo. Talk soon. The Dolphins, history of Suncorp Stadium. They've beaten the Roosters 28 points to 18. The stadium erupts. The new boys with the two points. The Dolphins 28, the Roosters 18. There you go. Yeah, the big upset win. The Dolphins 28-18. And as Molly said uh, when we chatted earlier, you know, there were some that were saying that they weren't going to get a win this season, that they were going to get the spoon. Um... But, man, they turned up, and Felice Calfusi hurt people. He really did. He hurt quite a few people, including Brandon Smith. Word is he might not play this weekend. That's how hurt Calfusi made him, which would be interesting for the Warriors. Uh, tell you what, though, uh, Jesse Bromwich spoke afterwards. He could not have been prouder of his team. It's definitely special uh, for different reasons, you know. For the game, you know, just talking to some of the, you know, the chairman and some of the staff around the place, man, and they just, just what it meant to them and, to go out and perform the way we, we performed and you know, really make some of them proud and you know, grown men of tears in their eyes. It was pretty special, way. Eh? Put it right up there. Did you get a sense Felice was going to have a game like that? You played a lot of football with him. He was a man inspired today, but what was it like out there with him? What, what, what did you notice that you thought, well, this is his day? I didn't, I didn't get a sense really, but you know, he's been, he's been really good for the club. He's really come up here and taken that leadership role up here. In Melbourne, he was a bit more quiet, you know. Up here, he's really come out of his shell and he's really enjoying himself and really getting around the boys. So, I think he might be in for a bit of a, a big year, you know. He's been really aggressive at training and really leading the way. So, you know, that's a really good standard for him. He's really leading the way. We've got some very, really good back rowers and, um, you know, they really look up look up to him. So, he really set the tone tonight. Yeah, they're awesome. They really, you know, really turned up the numbers today and it was a really big week, really emotional week for the club and today was a really big day and they really, you know, really made the atmosphere for, for a big day and it's really good. I think the Broncos had 15,000 today that we played our first game all those years ago so 30,000 plus here today and it was a great atmosphere. It was a great atmosphere that day as well but today was pretty special just to see all the colours and, and even have the grandstand seats, our colours, red and gold. So it was very, very, very good day. There you go. Uh, Wayne Bennett chipping in at the end there. He always has to get one over his old team, the Broncos, doesn't he? Uh, and uh, he certainly did that. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think round four, the Broncos and the Dolphins meet, which is going to be really interesting because 
tell you what, there's not going to be any love lost there, and the Dolphins will be well up for that. And, of course, the Broncos have started the season incredibly well as well with that win over the Panthers at Panther Park, uh, Bluebet Stadium in Penrith there. So, yeah, the season has started damn well. It's uh, it's tight. Anyone can beat anyone by the looks of things. And uh, looking forward uh, to seeing how the rest of the season plays out. This weekend, the Warriors take on the Roosters, and... I don't know how much you heard uh, from Tony Adams before, but uh, Moley was saying that uh, he's heard that the Roosters are going to be down a few this weekend. So Jared Wairio Hargreaves and Joe Manu didn't play last week. He doesn't think that they're going to play this week either. And on top of that, Matt Lodge is likely to be out and uh, potentially so is Brandon Smith. So, I mean, if you're a Warriors fan, that'll bring a smile to your face with the Warriors taking on the Roosters this weekend. That game is, of course, on Saturday at 5 o'clock. The Roosters are big favourites, $1.23, but the Warriors currently 4 bucks. I reckon that's going to move. I reckon that'll definitely move. Right, that is enough rugby league chat for now. Up next, it's all about darts with the two big bends, Rob and Francis, at the Oki. Next, here on SENZ.